welcome my loyal and faithful viewers, readers, listeners, and followers. Welcome to another segment of our verse of the day. Today's verse comes from Romans 15, 1 through 6, and it says, Now we who are strong have an obligation to bear the weaknesses of those without strength, and not to please our- ourselves. Each one of us is to please his neighbor for his good, to build him up. Even Christ did not please himself. On the contrary, as it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction, so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the scriptures. And may the God who gives endurance and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another, according to Christ Jesus, so that you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and with one mind and one voice. So Paul here is telling us three important things. And they are the strong are supposed to help the weak. And we as the church and Christ representatives here on earth are to build each other up and not tear each other down. And that we are to get our hope, our endurance, and our encouragement through the examples given to us in the scriptures. So the first thing that Paul tells us here is that the strong artists are supposed to help the weak. In fact, fact opens this entire section of Romans with these words. Now we who are strong have an obligation to bear the weaknesses of those without strength. So what is Paul telling us? Paul is telling us that we have an obligation to help those who cannot help themselves. And this obligation comes directly from God. Because here is what God commands us over in Leviticus 19, 9-10. He says, when you reap the harvest of your land, you are not to reap to the very edge of your field, or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Do not strip your vineyard bare or gather its fallen grapes. Leave them for the poor and the resident alien. I am the Lord your God. So the question is, the question now becomes, who are the poor and the resident alien? So the poor and the resident alien were the weakest members of the Old Testament society just as they are the weakest members of our society today. They are the ones that society forgets. They are the ones that society turns their back on. They are the ones that society thinks has have no rights and are therefore forgettable. But as followers of Christ, we have a God-given obligation to provide those who are at their weakest moments in life with a way up and out of their weaknesses. Which leads us directly into the second thing that Paul tells us in Romans 15, 1-6. So the second thing Paul tells us in this section of Romans is that we as the church and Christ's representatives here on earth are to build each other up. So just as we have an obligation to provide those 
who are in their weakest moments with a way up and out of their weaknesses. We also have an obligation to build up everyone around us. And that includes those who may not like us, and those those we may not like, and even those who may not like us. So Paul wrote this in Romans 15, 2. Each of us is to please his neighbor for his good to build him up. And Paul was echoing the words of Jesus when he said this in Matthew 5, 43-48. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. That you may be children of your Father in heaven, for he causes his Son to rise on the evil and the good. And sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward will you have? Don't even the tax collectors do the same? If you read only your brothers and sisters, what are you doing out of the ordinary? Don't even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your Heavenly Father is perfect. And so Paul has this to, Paul also has this to say, earlier in Romans, Romans 12, 17-20 says this, Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to do what is honorable in everyone's eyes. If possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath, because it is written, Vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your en- enemy is hungry, feed them. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink, for in doing so you will heap fiery coals on his head. So Paul and Jesus are both telling us in these passages that we are to be a people bringing hope to the world and not more destruction. And the way we bring hope to the world is through building others up and not tearing them down. And in order to build them up and not tear them down, we have to give them hope. In order for them, for us to give them hope, we have to know where our hope comes from. Which leads us directly into the next, the last thing that Paul tells us in our passage from Romans today. Which is that we find our hope and our encouragement and our endurance through the scriptures. So Paul said it this way in Romans 15:4, For whatever was written in the past was written for our instruction, so that we may have hope through endurance and through the encouragement from the scriptures. The Bible is the very word of God. Whether or not you believe it or not, it is the very word of God. And whether or not you believe it or not, it was given to us by God. Paul, in fact, tells his protege, Timothy, and us over in 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. The Bible is our instruction manual and our reference book. It is our source for finding the answers that we have about life. It is the place we should go to find our hope 
our endurance, and our encouragement. So why is this the case? Why do we look to the scriptures to find our hope, to find our endurance, to find our encouragement? Because the Bible contains the stories of many of those who have gone before us in this journey of faith that we are on. In fact, it's why the writer of Hebrews included Hebrews chapter 11, which is the hall of fame of faith, the heroes of faith, the listing of, of not all, and certainly not everyone, but a huge list of those heroes of faith that have gone before us. So you need at some point in time to read that, to fully understand what we're talking about here. If you don't really have time to go through the entire list, to go through all of Hebrews chapter 11, but read it at, read it at some point in time. <clears throat> and they are included, so the writer of Hebrews includes this list to give us encouragement, hope, and endurance as we go through this faith journey. It's also the reason why the writer of Hebrews concludes his dis discussion about the heroes of faith in this way. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the author, the source and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. That's Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. So what was the whole point of all of this? The whole point of all of this is that in order for us to be of any good to the world. We have to know what our source of hope is. We have to know what our source of encouragement is. We have to know what our source of endurance is. And that is the very word of God. And once we know what our hope, our source of hope, our source of endurance, and our source of encouragement is, then we can be the ones who provide the way up out of we can be the one who provides the weakest in our society, or the those in their weakest moments of their life, with a way up out of their weaknesses. And we can then be the one who builds each other up, not just those that we like, not just those that look like us, but everyone that we come in contact with. And so I'm going to conclude it with this. Now may the word, now may the God who gives in endurance and encouragement grant you to live in harmony with one another according to Jesus Christ so that you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ with one mind and one voice. That concludes our verse of the day and now we're going to move on to our series about the Holy Spirit. So the topic for today with dealing with the Holy Spirit is what does the Holy Spirit how do, or how does the Holy Spirit help us you know, understand that we're going to look at four separate passages of scripture 
before we go into detail on that. So the first one is 1 Corinthians 2.12. And it says, Now we have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who comes from God, so that we may understand what has been freely given to us by God. Next one is John 14, 16 through 17. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. He is the Spirit of truth. The world is unable to receive him because it doesn't see him or know him. But you know him because he remains with you and will be in you. The third is John 16, 13 through 14, which says, When the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. For he will not speak on his own, but he will speak whatever he hears. He will also declare to you what is to come. He will glorify me because he will take from what is mine and declare it to you. So the last one is Galatians 5, 22 through 23. And that says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. So as our teacher, the Holy Spirit reveals God's truth to us in the Bible. And as our helper, the Holy Spirit gives us new life. As our comforter, or our counselor, or, or our advocate, the Holy Spirit supports us when we speak, uh, when we are weak and suffering. Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit for a purpose, for several purposes actually. When Jesus was on earth, he said that the Holy Spirit would lead us into, lead us all into the truth. And by this he didn't mean just a bunch of random facts. He meant the Holy Spirit would use God's word, the Bible, to teach us about himself, about Jesus. The Spirit would make the word of God come alive to us. Jesus also promised the Holy Spirit would give us life. Not just a fresh boost of energy, but a brand new kind of life. A life filled with God's Spirit, life, love, and joy. That's the kind of life the Holy Spirit gives us. And Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would give us comfort. Sometimes we go through hard times. Sometimes our lives don't exactly don't go exactly like we wanted them to. But Jesus promised that the Holy Spirit would give us comfort and peace when we are weak and suff- weak or suffering. And not just the kind of comfort that makes difficult things bearable, but the kind of comfort that gives us surprising joy in difficult circumstances. So take a moment to consider your life and the places and situations you have experienced or even need the comfort and peace of the Holy Spirit. Invite Him into every broken part of your life.